like, but you know, where do we see the product? I, mean, I see it everywhere. I mean, I see it in public transportation. I see it on consumer vehicles. I see it on rideshare vehicles, and I see it as a everyday feature on on most future vehicles. Just like the same way that that every other feature has been rolled out on on the vehicles we have today. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Next Big Thing podcast. I'm Brendan. He's Connor. And today we're joined by an amazing guest, the founder of Pranos.ai, David Astoria. Uh, Pranos.ai is a company whose system uh, converts any car window into a digital display, a pretty cool emerging technology. So uh, with that being said, David, thanks for your time, man, and welcome on the podcast. Awesome. Thank you for uh, having me. Um, yes, Pranos essentially we're converting car windows into a publishing platform built this aftermarket consumer product that allows it to be compatible with most car makes and models. And it allows for people to basically have their own personal billboard so they can go around town and broadcast whatever content they find important. So that's our current version of the product. Of course, there's a lot of different utilities that can come and, and can be layered on top of having a display on your on your back window, like advertising. But right now, our consumer product and our current uh, user base is using it for mostly self-expression. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I'll, I'll get it started a little bit with, um, so I'm curious why Pranos is set up to exceed, uh, succeed in the current market. Why is the present day market right now perfect for Pranos? Well, I feel like there, there's there definitely various reasons. I mean, you can drive around any any city in the world, basically, and, and uh, most of the signage is commissioned by businesses, not but advertisements or um, the signage you see on skyscrapers. And it's mostly, like I said, it's all B2B. It's all business related. Um, and as you, as we've all seen, social media has been a big hit. You, you know, when Facebook came out or Twitter and they allowed for people to have their own digital footprint on the Internet. In other words, right, they had their own publishing, their own, <clears throat> their own place on the Internet where they could just basically share whatever they wanted to to their friends. I guess there's some correlation with what we're doing on that end when it comes to just basically going around town and, and basically allowing people to broadcast whatever content they find important. And really, the point I was trying to make is that um, there's no real users or regular consumers don't really have a means to communicate in a visual way outdoors in a way that's attractive and aesthetically pleasing. I mean, maybe your T-shirt. Maybe, uh, you know, people walk around with, the, uh, and I guess whatever comes out of your mouth physically, right? But, you know, we built the Pranos is something that is is already on, on a piece of real estate that you're already getting in front of a lot of people. Um, and it just all kind of just intersects in an interesting way. I mean, it looks great in real life. It has a really important use case. And, uh, yeah, and it's positioned in, in a place that gets high impressions you, you drive around town um so i think that's 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 why it's timely i think and to try to keep it concise i think that's basically why it's timely um it just allows for everyday people to have a voice outdoors which is something that um i think a lot, a lot of people find important yeah no i have to agree i think the uh the idea is pretty cool and innovative and i'm interested how you came up with it uh what's the backstory behind that yeah, so I mean it's an interesting backstory. Um, 
We actually originally went through a Y Combinator summer summer eighteen with Grabit. The previous company we actually ended up having to shut down. Um, we mostly focus on outdoor advertising, and uh, and when we shut that company down, we we decided to uh, build something that was for consumers um, because we noticed that consumers really want wanted to uh, to own something that something in the out of home space that, that allowed them to express themselves in a flashy way. And, and that's how it all kind of came. It's all really how it all happened. Um, just talking to a lot of users for many years, understanding what, what they wanted. And really at the end of the day, the reason we're going through consumers first is to build scale, to make it, to really build that scale, to get people to adopt it. And then for those, for those that want to run ads, then you know we we can buy that space back and, and sell it to advertisers, um, and create that advertising grid. But for it to be, make sense on the advertising front, we need real scale first. So, um, we were just fortunate to build something that people just find cool and wanted to purchase for their own, for their own agenda, really, and, and that could be anything. Um, basically, you can think of, think of think of it in terms of maybe social media, whatever you see on social media, and whatever people really post on there you could probably picture them posting on our systems um and uh yeah basically our app allows you to do that basically our app allows you to to base basically um connect to your to your internal media library and upload whatever content you want so um i don't know i think people find that exciting and and that's i think that is why people tend to to be really fascinated by what we're doing. So. Well, I like it a lot just because it allows you to kind of personalize your car. So however you want to express yourself, you can personalize it, but you can also change it day to day, week to week. It's not set in stone permanent. Is there a specific type of content you think the hollow glass is going to be targeting in the future? Well, I think in the future, like I said, I think advertising will be a big one for, for those for those users that want to maybe make extra income while they're driving around. For those drivers that may qualify, like Uber drivers or DoorDash drivers that put in substantial hours. Um, but for those that just want to drive around town and maybe promote their own business or promote their own, you know, similar to what people promote online, right? Um, right. You know, then they can just... Uh, and they can just keep it uh, private and they can continue to go around town. That's really cool. I like I that. I think as far as content, yeah. So so really, as far as content, I mean, I, I could definitely foresee advertising to, to answer your okay. question. As far as personal content, uh, you know, we don't really endorse any type of content in, in general. It's just, I guess, anything that people find important, so. Now, I saw in the beginning of the year, you were at CES 2023, which is a conference highlighting the advancements in AI and robots. How was that experience and how was that being able to showcase your product? It was, it was great. Uh, yeah, we partnered up with VinFast, um, which is a Vietnamese automotive manufacturer who, who's growing quite rapidly. I think they just raised $3 billion um, a few weeks ago. And... Uh, we we were just fortunate to partner up with them on their big release. I know their CES 2023 was their big launch. So they went out and basically created the biggest booth at CES. Um, 
which is really interesting. And 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 we we were just fortunate to tag along. We were we were taking uh one. They had three cars on their booth, and uh, we were we had our technology on one of the cars um, throughout the whole conference, which is great uh, great opportunity for us. Um, How'd you end up getting that opportunity? Yeah, they just reached out to us, and, and they felt like they wanted to make a a splash and make their cars stand out more so we basically converted their front windshield into a a gaming platform so people were able so we actually also partnered up with gameloft um and vinfast for this and people were were able to play uh play video games on the windshield on the front windshield of one of the cars so that was basically the activation and um yeah it was real fun that's awesome now, going back a little bit, can you tell us about your YC experience and the biggest takeaways you had from that experience and what you were able to bring with you to Pranos? Yeah, like I said, it was summer 18 and uh, it was a previous company. So I really don't don't talk too much about that. But I think I think overall, I definitely recommend YC as far as as of course, you know, they, they will give you the basic rundown of what it's like to run a startup. Um, but that's some, also something you can get without joining the official program. You can just go to YC Startup School and kind of get that information. Um, but as far as joining the actual program and going through that three-month boot camp and, and actually, um, and actually being demo day, um, it just gives you a different level of visibility that you don't get or most startups get, especially early stage. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things and also just makes, it makes it easy to get, uh, investor meetings as well. Um, overall, you can basically reach out to any investor and you'll, you'll get a call, you'll at least get in front of them. Um, so that's another thing. It kind of, I think just, uh, verifying the company and, um, and just the exposure, the PR is really strong. I mean, they used to get, they used to do TechCrunch press releases back in the day. I think they only do that for the top graduates now, the top class, the, the top companies. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I definitely recommend companies applying and you can always apply a, month, a bunch of times and eventually get in. Um, but for us, it was just fortunate that we got in the first time and, and it was a weird, it was kind of an interesting roller coaster ride. Yeah. Like just it, um, And, you know, I promise we just plan on it the right way this time. So. so while we're on the topic of growth, I'm interested um, what your outlook is for Pranos. Because it seems like Pranos is a solution that would be pretty disruptive to the billboard industry. Um, is cars the thing you're tacking right now and you plan on moving to something else? Or, or where do you see yourself going and the company going with Pranos and the technology? Yeah. Yeah, well... I think there's a lot of interesting places for us to go. Like I said, we we are we finally got our patents granted by the USPTO. We we filed them. What our priority date was back four years ago, and now we have our our non-provisionals granted, and we also have some some provisional patents. So we we definitely were, we you know made sure to to kind of do that ahead of really launching the product. But as far as where do we see the product in the future, um. You know, I, th I think, you know, integrating with automotive manufacturers and, and having this be an add-on to cars from the factory line, um, similar to to how I think it, I think it's really similar to how, GP, you know, I don't know if you guys remember Navigon, the GPS systems that 
They have little suction cups that used to go on the windshield. Um, you remember those, right? And now all yeah. the cars haven't built um, through Apple CarPlay. I think it's similar to that, right? We have the aftermarket version that people can basically use on any other current vehicles. Um, but eventually, and we are in various conversations with a few manufacturers um, about potentially integrating this on the factory line. Um, but of course, you know, the biggest hurdle is regulatory compliance when it comes to uh, potential distractions on the road and, uh, you know, the content side of things, right? And of course, that's probably the most disruptive aspect of business is allowing anybody to basically broadcast anything to the public um, outdoors. Um, I think that's that's probably the, our most disruptive aspect. But, you know, where do we see the product? I, mean, I, I see it everywhere. I mean, I see it in public transportation. I see it on consumer vehicles. I see it on rideshare vehicles. And I see it as an everyday feature on, on most future vehicles, just like the same way that that every other feature has been rolled out on, on the vehicles we have today. Can you talk more about um, the federal regulation with their problem with, as you just said, uh, people being able to put anything out in like a, I guess, billboard type activity. And what, how are you guys starting to work around that? I didn't think that'd be a pain point, but that's a very yeah. good point. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we're trying to be as proactive as possible when it comes to um, making sure that they're safe. And um, we have some, 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 some features on the system that uh, make sure the content doesn't play, the video playback doesn't play while the car is in motion, um, and it kind of goes into a static banner. Um, but like I said, every market's different. Every every uh, every every state and every country has different policies for, for their vehicles. Um, most of our demand is international, actually, and in the U.S. But it's it's we basically have had conversations with with basically every country already. Um, people interested in bringing this through. So, you know, that's why that's another reason. And I know I'm going into a tangent now. I, I will get back to your question. But that is one of the reasons why we went the consumer route is to roll it out internationally quicker. Um, and be able to ship internationally and, and allow people to, to use it in different places, different markets. But as far as the, the regulatory compliance, you know, we, we are in talks with the NHTSA, which regulates the automotive industry when it comes to traffic safety. And, and some we're working with some some former executives. Um, of that agency who are now consultants um, to make sure that we are in compliance with the laws. And, and it seems like we are. Um, and, and really, I mean, that's why we built the company. I mean, that is one of our, our bigger hurdles is regulatory compliance when it comes to the content side. Yeah, there may be some whiplash when it comes to people not agreeing with, with content. And, I mean, we see that every day now, right? So, um, but um, since you're outdoors, it kind of allows people to actually do it without us being able to really take any content down. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, the freedom of expression thing, I think it's one of the exciting parts. Um, but as far as traffic safety, you know, it, it's been a, I mean, we're just constantly working on that. And uh, the current version of the product is in compliance currently. Um but 
like I said, that that is that, that is something we're constantly trying to address. So, like I said, I don't have a perfect answer to that. It's just an ongoing process. So, um, can you go into the technology a little bit, and uh, you know, where where in the car do you put it? What does it do? What does it look like from the inside? Does that look different from the outside? How is the technology built? Yeah. So, so basically, the way we're able to create the effect of converting a rear window into a a full HD display is through rear projection. So we built a uh, rear projection system that's installed in the inside headrest of your of your vehicle. Um, we also have an app that communicates to the chipset that's connected to the projection system that allows send content to a tooth. And uh, that's essentially what it is. I mean, we've kept it simple and we, and we kind of narrowed it down to the core features that, that our users have been excited about. And, uh, and, and most importantly, it works um, and it's affordable. But um, as far as installation, it's do it yourself and you can... Uh, and like I said, the mounting system goes on the on the headrest poles. It, it connects to the headrest poles, so it's uh, compatible with most car makes and models. So that's and it comes in a little kit. If you guys check out our website, it comes in a kit, um, and uh, it's basically like buying a, a laptop, right? It, it comes in a in a in a in a box that's similar in size, and, and you can just start using it for whatever purpose you want. So that's uh, the current version. What has been the hardest part turning this idea into a product, specifically the fact that, you know, it is hardware and you also got to integrate an app and the software aspect too, so they can, you know, have content put on their phone and then display it on the window. So what's the, what's the hardest part about building this product? Is that what you Yeah, asking? the most challenging aspect, making it go from an idea to a product. Yeah, like I said, it's been a few years in the making and... Um, I think I think um I mean we're fortunate to to raise some money right we raised about $212,000 on WeFunder which is nice um we've been wanting to to really um of course close a real institutional round so I I'd say really the biggest challenge has been building it and we'd have we we have to continue to revise our plans when cuz originally we wanted to close an institutional round right like most startups and with that, when that doesn't happen, then you have to kind of revise your your plan on how you're going to do it. So it has taken us a little longer just because we we're not able to put as many people on the payroll as we we want when we initially hoped. Um, I mean, we are talking to a lot of institutional investors, um, but you know, a lot of them are, are waiting for us to hit certain milestones first. So, um, so we had to uh, go the crowdfunding route. Now we have the the capital to get it done. Um, so, but, but, you know, it has moved a lot slower. So I think the biggest challenge is it's, it's the amount of time it's taken just because it's, we're a relatively small team and, uh, but, you know, we know we're, what we need to build just because of all the case studies we've done. We've done a lot of pilots with our prototypes and we've studied our, our target market for so, for so long that we know it's exactly how, how it needs to get built. So at least we have that advantage. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think to keep it concise, I mean, is is basically the capital part. Um, yeah. Well, so with the capital you're raising on WeFunder, how are you planning on allocating that? Are you planning on you know growing the team so that you can accelerate the growth and hit the ground running, or what's the plan going forward? 
Yeah. Yeah. So the current plan is to to use that capital for for inventory because the product is basically already finished. It's done. I mean, we, we have a beta test going. Um, we're, we're just trying to release the actual commercial version of it now. Um, but really, the capital is going to be used to, to get some so a few engineers on board that we need some key hires on that side and uh, really ramp up on the inventory to be able to fulfill our demand and partner up with a fulfillment company and uh, go from there. But I think that that's basically overall the, the plan in general. Um, so, yeah. so I'm interested about you as an entrepreneur, um, multiple time founder. Um, what motivates you? What motivates you to be an entrepreneur? And what do you love most about being an entrepreneur? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, some days I don't like it at all, but, um, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot to it. Like I said, I don't know how, how candid I can be on this. That's <laughs> funny, but it's a, it's a good question. I, I do like it. There's, you know, some, some real exciting moments, right? Like Vim Fast CES, we're working with one of the largest, uh, OEMs in the space right now. We have a pilot going on that I can't really talk about too much. So, you know, if that, if that happens, you know, you shoot all the way to the top. And I think that, that potential excitement of potentially making your dreams come true at any moment is kind of exciting. Um, you know, we're in talks with SoftBank. Uh, this is another example, right? If you get funded by SoftBank, all of a sudden you're, you're on the global stage. Um, I think, I think that's the exciting part for me is, is, is being able to, to see that growth for the company um, and also just making the difference and, and allowing people to, to express themselves outdoors. I think that's what excites me the most. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I mean, you guys are entrepreneurs as well. So you guys understand what it's like. Um, it's a constant high up and down journey. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you got to just find something that you, you like doing just because you like, because you're passionate about it, regardless of, of, of any, consequence or whatever ends up happening um you just enjoy the work itself and you know that's why i've been able to do it for so long i guess um but another thing is i've also noticed a lot of entrepreneurs they they jump from thing to thing and you guys probably see that as well right they try something for a few months and they realize it it doesn't work or they don't get the traction they, they expected and then they quit move on to the next thing and uh what I, the reason I find that interesting because I feel like perhaps those entrepreneurs aren't, they never really did it because they loved what they were doing or else they really loved whatever they were doing or whatever problem they were trying to address. They would have just pivoted and, and, and then just tried it again, but, or started a new company and tried it again or until they figured out that problem they were so passionate about. Yeah, I think totally. Everyone, everyone I, says they're passionate, but if they're really passionate, they would keep it going. They wouldn't just quit and move on to a complete new industry. You know, and I see that all the time in entrepreneurship. Yeah. What we've kind of seen is um, uh, one of the people we interviewed made a really good point. He said that he created his company mission first and product second. So he's always had the drive to have a mission and has always been working through that mission. And I think sometimes that maybe that could just be one example, but that may be what it takes. I mean, if you don't, if you're not driven by a mission and you're driven by other things, it's, it's a lot easier to quit. And, um, so that's why I always like to ask, you know, what motivates you? Because, 
you, everything you said is 100% correct. It's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy or everybody would do it. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of moving parts. Like, it's definitely a lot of moving parts. And as you kind of get going, I mean, being an entrepreneur, you got to understand. I mean, you basically have to understand every aspect of a business, at even a gen- at, at some sort of, at at least a minimal level of competency, right? Where you can at least bring on someone else to do it. Um, you know, you got to understand management. You got to understand the product, the legal side, the, you know, the accounting side. You got to understand all the nuances of of a business, right? And there's and the thing is, there's so many ways of doing all those things too. And you got to find what works for you and for your business and for the market and the timing and, and how much capital you have too. I mean, it's just it keeps going and going and going and um, but if you, you can figure it out, then, uh, you know, life can be real exciting. You can spearhead something that you believe in and, and, and uh, address a, a mission, um, with a big company. And I think that's exciting. So that's, that's kind of what keeps me going. So I guess to go off that, um, when you're sitting down at night and, you know, by yourself and just hanging out. You know, what do you envision your legacy being with Branos? What do you want that to look like? And, you know, what do you dream or strive for in that sense? Yeah, well, that's a great question. So as far as Prano is concerned, um, you know, one of the biggest, you know, as far as long term vision for the company is, is we're, we're it's, a, it's basically we're building an AI system that allows for people to to monetize their windows, right? Um, based on the audience outside the car. And so basically it targets ads to them. Um, but really with the advent of autonomous vehicles, I mean, the vision for Pranos is, you know, one day, um, you know, people could own an autonomous vehicle that goes around town and uh, picks off or picks people up and drops people off rather. And, uh, you know, has our system. So it runs ads as well. Maybe it has companies like Cargo selling snacks in the car, right? So it's it could be your own business um, while you're that generates income for you while you're just you know hanging out at home with your family, right? So the way we look at AI is 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 we're looking at we're building a system that can allow for people to find their replacement in the workplace instead of completely being displaced. Um. You know, it, it's an opportunity for, for people to just um, earn while it's, it's almost like an investment. Um, but that's like the, that's basically, basically the future version of the product, right? So that's, that's if I'm being ambitious and, and you're asking, to, and you're, you know, I'm basically trying to answer the question as best I can. But if I were to think the, today, what, what would be the ultimate version of Pranos? It probably would be something like that, where it's just, it's kind of like a Bitcoin mining machine, right? You know, you kind of just plug it in and starts mining right i'm sure you guys are familiar with those um but with this it's something that just generates ads so and it, so it just generates income for you that's so that's how that's how we see it so. well i do like it and I, I love the idea of being able to express yourself especially on your own you know on your own car and being able to have that freedom to express what you want to express and the future opportunities of being able to make money expressing what you want to express and i find that very exciting i love kind of you know the mission behind it so it's i can't wait for what the future holds thank you appreciate that
So, uh, David, thank you for your time. It's been awesome talking to you. Uh, we're going to be rooting for you and uh, definitely keeping track of your guys' progress going forward. And, uh, you know, we wish you the best of luck. All right. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it, David. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next time on The Next Big Thing. So long. Legolas. Legolas.